If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Hello. 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 We made it again for another week. It's a miracle. It's a miracle? A miracle. A miracle. It's flaming. A flaming miracle. Once again, you have joined Radio Free Brooklyn for the 3 p.m. hour on a Thursday afternoon for Lost and Rewound. My name is Alon Danziger. My name is Catherine Dunn. My name's Rachel Teichman. And we bring the show to you every week as a way to excavate. Ex- excavate? Excavate? Excavate. Excavate our yeah. past selves in the audio form or video form, as long as the uh, audio is the dominant feature, because uh, it's a podcast. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a a radio show. It's a visual medium. It's a visual medium. Uh, wait, is it? Oh, I lied. It's you the totally opposite. lied. Ah. Ah, you throw me off. Uh, you know, if you have any old recordings from when you were younger and you uh, find them maybe just the slightest bit embarrassing... Uh, you should be on this show. Maybe you don't want to be, but we can assure you that it is a safe space here in the rec room, and uh, we would love to hear what you have. So email us at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org and uh, pitch us your ideas. Uh, we've been very fortunate to uh, have so many over the several years that this show has been going in some capacity uh, to have everything from past band demos from found uh you know family video recordings and even uh we've even had footage that isn't even the people's that have come on i mean it it, it can range um but really we just want to hear what you may have that might be applicable because the older the better and the more embarrassing the better (laughs) you know get embarrassed with us is our mantra but that said uh it is not to say that uh everything has to be super embarrassing i guess we should get started so let's Get some uh, intro interlude music. <laughs> or this one. I'll be back in a little bit. This week of LNR, we are privileged to have Rachel Teichman sharing some of her old footage. Here we go. Here we well, we're gonna work on that later. We have right now. Right no we, let's do it. We're gonna we <laughs> Here have, we go. 
<laughs> this 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 week is all about you, Rach. We're uh we're we're really fortunate that uh you joined the ranks of LNR just in time for you to get uh all in on the um contributing. Your- we're gonna go all in. Yeah, and just to show you how much we appreciate you, we're not gonna do it immediately the way you'd like. Well, I mean, we gotta build up to it, don't we? Mm-hmm. We sure do. We, we gotta sure- go all in. <laughs> okay, uh, so not just you- the first knuckle. You joined the show in, uh, you joined you joined the show only just recently, but you were here over the summer, this past summer, of which you love, the season of which you love so. Um, you only just moved here, what, like 90 days ago? June 1st. You were, you've got, you moved to New York officially in June. Yeah. How's your 90 day challenge going? What 90 day challenge? The challenge of living in New York. Is that a thing? It is now. It's been fine. There have been, uh, some challenges, but nothing really big. You bought an umbrella recently, I heard. I ordered an umbrella. It's supposed to arrive today after it's already supposed to start raining. But, you know, that's okay. It's probably going to rain again. It will continue to rain again. You're in New York because you're going to grad school. True. Please explain to us what exactly that program is entailed. Um, It's a master of social work at NYU, and it entails a minimum of 21 hours per week unpaid internship as well as 17 to 18 credits of coursework every semester no lube yeah no lube (laughs) none none at all wait wait so what prompted you was your uh, undergrad studies uh somewhat uh leading you in this direction so yeah um my undergrad studies were in sociology social social justice and psychology however um, very applicable to this show, I have had this plan set in stone since I was 13. You've had a plan of what to do in grad school. I've had the plan of what to do in undergrad and grad school since I was 13. What was 13-year-old Rachel uh, thinking at the time to lead you down, to lead her down this path? So what prompted it was we had a class called World of Work and where Yeah. And it was kind of terrible, but we had to figure out at age 13 what we wanted to do for the rest of our lives for like an entire marking period. What? Yeah. And we had to like do research on how to get there, what kind of schooling you need, um how much you might make in that profession and I at that point up until then I was telling everyone I wanted to be a chef, but I kind of knew I was backing down on that for a while. And so I really solidified it, as I said for years that I wanted to be a nutritional therapist. But that essentially was the exact same path of going to undergrad for psychology and then going to grad school to get a master's social work. When you decided to apply to college, Mm -hmm. you specifically looked for programs that catered to this master plan. Yes. What made you decide on Coastal Carolina? Well, honestly, um, I knew that I wanted to go far away from home. That was obvious. I knew I wanted to go somewhere warm, at least warmer. like Warmer. warmer. Yeah, well, I was telling my family that I was going to go to University of Hawaii. They were like, no. Then I said, I'm going to go to California. They were like, no. Then I said, I'm going to go to Florida. And they were like, at least you're on the right coast. And then it came down to I could only go as far away as my parents were willing to drive in one full day. 
Really? Really. And then, so I suggested Coastal Carolina. And, or meth. Or meth. That's true. <laughs> and um, and so I convinced Truck them drivers. to at least go on a tour, like a campus tour at CCU. Because it was like kind of pushing the distance for them. And then we went on the tour and they were like, all right, we know this is where she's going. Mm. Um, and, and honestly, I ended up there because my high school GPA was terrible. Mm. Awful. I know, I, I com- know a thing com- or two about that. Completely bad. Like, unacceptably <laughs> bad. Yeah. Two? 1.9. Okay. I'm good. When I, when I was applying to colleges, <laughs> it, it was a 1.9. And so <laughs> I didn't have a lot of options. And I knew that every single school I could ever apply to would have both a psychology and a sociology program. So that wasn't really my concern. So it was the best of a bad situation. Four years at Coastal Carolina. Three and a half. Three. And a, oh, yeah. You you you, you expedited that. Did you yeah. come in with a lot of credits? No, I came in with three credits. More three more than I came in with. I think I must have come out of college being like this completely dilapidated wet dog. Like I came out of college four years and like a GPA that wasn't much higher than the one you gr- you graduate with in high school. Um, but so like a two. 2.2. Okay. Wow. Literally the age that I I was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I was um, 2.2 years old. No. Um, it was I really the same digits, turned though. things around in college. Um, you did. I really did. I truly turned things around. What do you contribute? What do you attribute your um, turnaround to? I think there are a couple of things. Um, one, when I was younger, it was harder to manage my health issues. But as I've gotten older, I'm better at managing them. Um, another reason is I, and this is going to sound ridiculous, I'm not a morning person and having the thought of waking up at 6.50 in the morning to get to high school by 7.30, that just, I never showed up on time ever. Yeah. Um. So not having to do that was really helpful. Not having a full day of classes was really helpful. So basically, I think it comes down to making my own structure, making my own schedule and being an adult is really what led me to turn things around. Man. The getting up really, really early in the morning and not being functional, I feel like this is sort of one of those catch-22s where you're, you know, it's important that the school day begins a certain time so you're out early enough, but at what expense? Because, you know, kids, children are not designed to be up that early and learning that early unless they just get a full night's sleep. Right. And Which teenagers... (laughs) They're wired to go to bed later. Oh, sure. I mean, I didn't sleep at all in, in high school. Oh, me I neither. Felt my, my entire uh, upbring- uh, you know, upbringing was designed to um, stay up and pull all-nighters and be completely uh, unmanageable with my time. Us too. Ne- I've never slept. You? Oh, for real? Yeah, like even as a child. I kind of believe it. Yeah. <laughs> You don't get these eyes. No. Sleeping. Yeah, you see these. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Catherine? Was your uh what what time did you normally have to get up for school? Oh, I was not that kid. I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it either. Yeah. I never actually showed up on time for first period. I had the ladies uh when you're late you have to sign in. Yeah. So those ladies signed my yearbook before anybody else. Like they were the ones I saw the most. My first period Spanish teacher was like, why don't we just take class during your lunch? So she, amazing woman, gave me the class during my lunch, which was like sixth period rather than the first period because there was no way. I I never, 
I don't think I made any classes fit first period. And I was like, wow. well, we'll just, you know, those dreams that you have or that I have where you're like going back to school and then you find out you've never gone to that class the whole semester. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's I've never had that dream. Actually. I have had that oh. dream so much. But I know I've, I know about it. <laughs> it is so like it happens. It's one of those textbook dreams. Yeah, that was my life. In college, I had a class that I couldn't tell you what it was, but I remember what time of the day it was. It was an 8 a.m. class. It's the only time I ever took an 8 a.m. class. I wanted to uh, um, put myself into an asylum because I felt like I was losing my mind every morning when I ran all the way down campus because Ithaca College's campus is on a hill. And so uh, in the wintertime, especially, it's a treacherous um, path all the way down to the very uh, end of campus, which, you know, I'm at one end and I have to trot myself like a video game. Maybe like, I don't know, what's the game, the, 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 the beginning that everybody plays? Like the kids play now, like where you're just like running everywhere. Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Fortnite. I felt like knife. <laughs> I felt like I was Fortniting all the way through campus, just like jumping, making sure that I could just like get over to my class. Like, I time. walked uphill both ways in the snow to get to school as a child. Did you though? For no. real? No. no. <laughs> of course, fuck that. I mean, there was snow, and I lived on a hill, but, but no. But I still have that dream though, too, Catherine. Every now and again, I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I've missed however many classes of this stupid class and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna fail out this actually happened i managed to miss about eight classes of this particular class and i think it was a history class that i thought for sure i was gonna fail and it wasn't a test class it was a paper class and i managed to get a paper written that uh made the teacher happy enough that i managed to stick it out with like a b minus or a c plus or something wow mixtape did you give him one of your mixtapes? It was totally a mixtape. <laughs> it was a mixtape about the War of 1812. See, if I miss a class... Paul Revere! <laughs> if I miss a class, I get so anxious. I, I don't sure. miss class. Oh, no, I mean... Like, like I freshman year of college, I had mono, like, really bad. And I only ever missed one class because the school doctor was like, you are not allowed to go to class. You're quarantined right now. Well, see, with high school, like... Oh, I high school, I missed so much school. I never like, went to school. If you, but if that happened in high Drugs. school, what would have happened? If you had that if had, same... If I had mono? Yeah. I, well, similarly... You would have I, had to drop out, probably. I had, no? I No, there was no way I was going to be allowed to drop out. But I had the flu one year of high school, and I was out of school for two weeks because I... I mean, I could barely make it across the room a few times a day to go to the bathroom. Like, that was the extent of what I was capable of during that time. Sixth grade, I didn't drop out, but I had home instruction for several months. Because of that incident, I had an IEP. So, um, there were teachers contracted from my school who would come to my house for a couple hours, like four days, four or five days a week. And I, they would teach me and then I would do my makeup work that I was missing. And then I pretty quickly got ahead of the class. And hey, I mean, you're like the the shadow master. Like you're able to yeah. just make it so without having to worry about being seen by anybody. Yeah. No, yeah. And I was I was ready to go back to school. And they didn't want me to. And then, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Which they? I guess my team, my case team. And so eventually they let me start going back. They redid my entire schedule. So I only went to classes and had teachers who I liked. And so I went for periods one, two, and three. And then I went for lunch and then I would go home. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Nerd. 
<laughs> I would have done the night, like the later, <laughs> the later class. I would have gone at lunch. Oh, I, it wasn't my choice. They were Nerd. just like, we'll let you come back half day. Here's when you're going. Wrong half. I'd be like, you guys are <laughs> yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had it's to. like you're not even listening to me. I still had home instruction at that point. So I was going to school and having after school tutoring, essentially. And I finished sixth grade before everyone else did, but I still wasn't technically done. What kind of uh, extracurricular activities were you involved in when you were in high school? Uh, okay, so I was president of Gay Straight Alliance and captain of the A-team for Quiz Bolt, co-captain, I should say, and co-president for GSA. Um, I did art club. I did the newspaper. I was in the orchestra for theater a couple times in tech. What'd you play? Cello. Oh, um, oh that, that's why you brought cello up yeah, last week with Madeline. Yeah. <sighs> That's perfect. Um, I did golf team one year. I was a varsity golfer. You for played a year. golf for a one year. That was kind of ridiculous. It's as funny as it sounds. Varsity. Um, yeah, I was a varsity <laughs> golfer as a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. Do you ever like talk about your glory days as a varsity golfer <laughs> as a joke? I <laughs> was terrible. I was only varsity because there were like three girls on the entire girls' team. What else did I do? I did. Um, you did a lot. Wow. Yeah. Body positivity. Oh, I was also youth group president. Oh my God, what else did I do? I was a teacher's assistant, not at my school, but at my temple. I was also on music committee there and social justice committee. Sounds like you got like quite a bit of, you know, just undertaking. You had like a, I can't even think of how I would accomplish taking all of those on at the same time. I did a lot. I mean, you didn't do them all concurrently. It was a consecutive. Like, over the course of your time, you would dabble in this or that or well, the other. Well, it's one year, right? Well, a bunch of these things I did all at the same time, but wow. there were a few things that I didn't do all at the same time. Like, I didn't do orchestra every year, the whole year. I didn't. Okay. I only did golf one year. Um, I joined Quiz Bowl, I think, in 10th grade, not 9th grade. Um, Art club, I certainly did all those years. I was on, if I wasn't president of youth group, I was at least on the board all four years. Uh, a lot of it I did do all at the same time. How have all these experiences molded your experience as an adult now? Oh, I took the words right out of my mouth. Oh. I would say they were, for the most part, pretty positive. They were good. I mean, I'm glad I did them, and I think they probably helped me get into college with such a low GPA. But being super involved, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot that I did in college, but I didn't do quite as much as I did in high school. It's the only reason why I think I even got into college in the first place was because I was so heavily involved in the creative uh, yeah. uh, extracurriculars that uh, it looked favorably that at the very least I could keep myself busy Yeah. in undergrad. I want to shift gears and talk a little bit more about what you were doing when you weren't otherwise uh, playing golf or... Um, <laughs> or, or, or playing the cello. Well, speaking on behalf of the gays... Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. So when I wasn't playing golf or cello, yes, you were pl- you were writing poetry. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's certainly a thing that I was doing sometimes. I, I found so many poems while I was upstate. Uh, oh, really? Way. Yeah. When I was visiting my parents, they insisted on like f- giving me all these boxes, more boxes of crap, and of course, I found boxes that I had never even looked at before or in 15 years at the very least of like poetry and raps that I had written when I was in college. And I'm just thinking to myself, when does this end? When will I stop 
finding things that I've written down. Never. That, when the whole world is burned to a crisp, like in the end of Terminator 2. I hear that that timeline's getting fucked with right now. That timeline is fucked with, because how did his dad get sent back by him? Enough about Terminator 2. Talk about Rachel Teichman poetry. Weird. <laughs> it's, it is weird, okay? That's weird. James Cameron should have not continued making Terminator movies. How about after the first one? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> How the fuck does his dad get sent back in time by him? It's too much. To, it, I've seen Back to the Future. Yo, they have a better grasp of the time-space continuum. It's... Uh, Space time. It's too much. Uh, but, so, Rachel, uh, you know, we, when we find poetry, you, did you find these, or were these poems that you have always sort of had on you to keep yourself in check? I mean, I found this in one of my Google Drives. In a Google Drive? Yeah. That's I, where all my archives are, because I'm also 21. Almost none of my poems are written down physically. I don't, uh, like, I don't like to physically write. I'm, I'm a typist. You're a typist. Yeah, and I always have been. You were an early adopter of a computer? Yes. I started using a computer and typing before I could read or write. What? Yeah, like I would sit there on the chair and like, my dad would spell out Nickelodeon.com one letter at a time, and I would find the letter on the keyboard and type it before I could even read it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you also did not know how to read or write. No, but, but, but I can personally thank AOL for expediting my reading and writing because my older brother had it, and so I wanted to do what he was doing. And so as soon as I was five and in kindergarten and starting to learn how to read and write, I insisted that he make me a screen name. And so I started like talking to people online. And I really feel that that helped me get better at reading and writing. What was your first screen name? The Mystery 558. Ooh. Which we've talked about on a prior episode, which is how <laughs> Will and I found out that we played an online game together. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Like directly, like we were in direct contact when I was like nine years old. It's um, <laughs> when you were nine and he was, uh, oh, I'm going to like go. 30. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, he was probably 20. like in high school. In Was he? Uh, I don't probably. Think, I mean, I don't know about that. He's he is uh, a few years younger than me. So. Um, so, I mean, no, he was he was like an adult. 19. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. What it means to, you know, type on the internet to somebody and you don't know how old they are. Yeah. Bo on both fronts, be it older or younger. True. That you have those experiences quite often. Of that sort of anonymity oh, of yeah. uh, you know, you know, you know, speaking to somebody online not really being sure if they know who you are, you don't know who they are. Yeah, I would say that those experiences really formulated my life because I didn't I didn't have a lot of friends growing up so i was on the internet constantly does this poem have something to uh, do with that in terms of the subject matter the tone so this one is pretty i have two poems one that's like pretty emo and that's this one and then another one that's not quite so emo um this one i wrote in i wrote on december 10th 2014 at i can't tell if it's 4.52 a.m. or p.m. Let's go with... Uh, I'm going with a.m. Yeah. And how old are you? At this point, I was 17. Okay. Did you want to read it or did you want Catherine to read it? I want Catherine it? to read it. Okay. Oh, no. Because this is a little intense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. A reading of... The, is there are, are these poems titled? You know I'm a bitch, right? 
and poetry makes me really bitchy. Great. Okay. But I love you Kath- ahead of time. I just want you to know that I love you. It's okay, Catherine. You've always been nothing short of the uh, container of sunshine on Lost and Rewound. So, <laughs> If that sunshine was a sun that could burn your face off, then yes, I am a container of sunshine. So wait, uh, what's the, is there a name for it, though? I think this one is called At Night. I mean, if you want to talk about it. You wrote it at night. It, you wrote it in the morning, but it's called At Night. Well, it's the yeah. middle of the night. Yeah, okay. it's the middle of the night. And I was, I was feeling emo pretty emo in this moment <laughs> all right so uh here we go read by Catherine. sometimes at night i cry for no reason maybe i'm sad maybe i haven't accepted the woes of life and the woes of life are mostly what i know the great depths in the office of my heart i lay and wonder and blow my mind sometimes at night i can't cry no reason the tears try to come the muscles are unaware she can't feel yet the tears try to surface everything is timeless but the bombs still blow from syria i cannot be sad there is no sadness left only empty wetness of an eye once filled with wonder now they are green gray and dull full of veins and sickness. Sometimes at night, I don't sleep for no reason. Her sonambulatory thoughts, sonoambulatory thoughts begin to drift, and a new day is born. Sometimes in the morning, I wake for no reason. She goes through the motions and waits for it to be over, to end, rather. Thank you. Uh, some of the some of the lines that stuck out for me, the office of my heart. <laughs> I, I would love to know where what the the parlor uh, of your heart looks like. Then, if the, <laughs> the office <laughs> is that barren, um, and then what was the other one? Is uh, that a typo or was it office? It was office. Okay, as opposed to what orifice? I don't know. No, it was definitely office. What is it? The office of your heart. What is the office of my heart? Yeah, I don't know. Like. Is that the business side of the emotional yeah, crevasse? Pro- probably. <laughs> okay. Probably. I think that that, I, that sounds like what I meant. Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, you clearly you have a lot of rooms in your heart. You have, you know, a parlor, clearly. an office, a bedroom, a bathroom, a kitchen. Interestingly, a kitchen in your, of your heart. Every Inter- chamber of my heart is like the Clue board game. There are passages. There are secrets. Interestingly, this was not a breakup poem because I have a lot of breakup it poems. It doesn't sound like a breakup. It's poem. not. It's not because I know who I was dating at that time, and like it was still it was a, It was a pretty good relationship at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, you, you're you're allowed uh, to have uh, those sort of big feelings that are separate from the feelings you have oh, uh, sure. with your uh, partner at the time. Yeah. So when you wrote that line. The line about Syria is a little overly specific. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> use details they told me in writing class. <laughs> that, no, that's not. I'm just kidding. It took me out of the poem a little bit, admittedly, because it seemed to kind of uh, divert from the feelings and more into, like, I don't know, maybe current events. It was a current event at that time. But like it was directly connected to what was going on with my depression because I was like acutely aware that there were bigger problems outside of myself 
but I also was trying to wrap my head around the fact that there were bombs blowing up and killing people, like civilians. Right. So your problems are insignificant in comparison. Yeah, and it was sort of a processing of both of those feelings at the same time that like I was going through big emotions, but also there were bigger things happening. Mm-hmm. 2015, you said, right? I don't 2014. 2014. It was almost 2015. Curious music you were listening to at this point. At this point? Um, that kind of, you know, influenced your, maybe your lyricism in some capacity. Yeah, I would say at this point, I was definitely listening to Green Day. Lots of Green Day. Definitely a lot of Sarah Donner. Sarah Donner? Yeah, she's an independent singer-songwriter. Um, she's pretty cool. Um, and at this point, I was like a big super fan of hers. I was also listening to the Beatles a lot, but that's a, that's a constant fun. Oh, lots of fun. Fun. That's a funny uh, mention because I didn't realize that the guy from Fun was in another band before yeah. the format. I believe. Yeah, the format. I also did not realize that there was a band called Fun. Yeah, um, they did. We are young. That oh, was I like their big one. hit. Yeah. But the, yeah, the I I didn't realize that format and fun were the same guy mm-hmm. until much later after fun had uh, much success, and I was like, ah, you know that makes sense because that voice is very distinct. It is, and he also did a song for The Sims in Simlish. Excuse me. Yeah, um, this is language that you're going to have to uh, qualify. Sing it. So no, but <laughs> um, so The Sims has their own language called Simlish. What? Which no, it's actually been uh, analyzed by linguists, and and they, yeah, The Sims has this whole language that is written by comedians, and what? And so they always have big singers and lesser known singers do a recording of their own songs in Simlish, like they write it, give it to the artist, and then they re-record their song. And Nate Roos got to do this for one of the intro songs when you open up the sims in the loading screen interesting yeah paramore is in the newest sims game like they get everyone for it you have a second poem with you i do this one was written august 23rd of 2014 which was the day before my 17th birthday and would you like Catherine to read this one as well yes what is the name of it it's called pluto's death <laughs> okay which Pluto? Although, given the date, you think I know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> wow, that's weird. I just said it earlier. Yeah. All right. Pluto's death. Here we go. The first day of fourth grade, wide-eyed and newly nine. The teacher went through the first day activities until we got into science class. And she called us all to the reading corner. We took our seats, confused. Why? She looked sad. She pulled out her solar system, ripped off Pluto, and told us Pluto is no longer. R.I.P. Pluto, August 24th, 2006, whose death is celebrated by my birth. Me. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> okay, that that was deep and very uh, hard uh, to swallow not the poem itself, but just the information, because it cuts deep, real, real deep. I'm still not over it. Yeah. That's some solar system emo shit. Yeah. Really, it just sounded like a thing, and, and, and you just 
I mean, it, no, you're right. It wasn't very poetic. Okay, right? it's but. not even an I am. No, it's, I just kind of whatever. It was your own. It. it was your artistic. No, artistic I'm, kidding. I'm totally yeah. kidding. Whatever. Oh, no, it was. It was. Uh, it was an ode. It was a. It sure. was a, a. A perfect ode to a planet that uh, once was and is. It, is it back to being a planet? Is, but then where's the rhyming scheme? I'm sorry. Go on. I don't usually <laughs> totally rhyme, kidding. but I'm not. Yeah. So. I am really, really big into astronomy, and I was as a really young kid, and so I just have this vivid memory. It was like the first day of fourth grade, like it said, and she literally took a poster of the solar system and ripped off Pluto, and I swear, Scorned. like, I almost cried, like... Like, I was so upset that Pluto was no longer classified as a planet. It's like if you there was a new Kids on the Block or Backstreet Boys. No, it's, it's like there was a Backstreet Boys poster. Yeah. And when uh, Kevin left, you yeah. just were like, fine, I'm just going to X his entire face out or like rip him off because he's not a part of the Backstreet Boys anymore. Yeah, pretty much. I like cancel you. I like that the reason you didn't not go with new Kids on the Block had nothing to do with the fact that she clearly doesn't know the band, but because you couldn't what? think of the member that left. Who was the, band, the member that left? Do you know? Nice first fucking of all, try. I'm 21. <laughs> Almost. What? I'm familiar with the band, although I prefer Backstreet Boys. Then which one left? I don't know. Exactly. I, I, it was Kevin. It was Kevin, okay? okay. Because right. he's the older brother. Kids. It was the older brother. Kevin what? I don't remember her last name. <laughs> what? No. no. There's nothing about that. That statement is true. What statement? <laughs> I used to dance to the Backstreet Boys music video they played on Nickelodeon. Bye, bye, bye. What was it? No string. Which one? Say my name. Nope. That's Destiny's Child. Keep keep going. No, no, you're done. <sighs> you're cut off. It's gonna be May. Is that in sync? I think that is. Yes, that's yeah. they're better. All right. Okay. Okay. We don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Let's take a quick breather and resettle our, our minds here because we're about to uh, get into some actual legit audio from Rachel's past. And I, for one, am stirred. It's gonna be me. With Catherine and Rachel here on LNR. We'll be back in a little bit bringing you more of that delicious, delicious clips from the past on Radio Free. Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Do you want to listen to any of our past episodes? Grateful you should ask yourself, where on earth could I be hearing all these old episodes of Radio Free Brooklyn's Lost and Rewound program? Well, let me tell you, you can go to Podomatic or SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. 
Those are good. You should also go to our profile page, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. And on that page, you will see our information about the show as well as at the bottom, the megaphone drop-down player in where you could see all of our episodes right there. You can just, with a click of a button, play one after the other after the other. So if you feel like saving an episode and downloading it, cool. That'd be awesome. And if you just want to stream them, they're right there, 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 right there on the profile page on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, we're here this week uh, just kicking it, uh, the three of us, Catherine, Rachel, and myself, about to embark on the next excursion. 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 We're going to go on a journey. Are we going to go on a journey? To the mid-aughts. To the mid-aughts. Actually, the late 90s, early aughts. Late 90s, early, early aughts. Yeah. Okay. This was a project for you. Yes. How long did it take you to compile all of these clips? It took a while. I had a lot to comb through. I had to find clips that were audio heavy and not just visual heavy. Yeah. Um, That's how you do it, folks. Or folk, right. or person, whoever. Which is very challenging for me because I'm kind of quiet as a person, and I feel like, even especially as a child, I showed a lot more than I told, at least on camera. Jeffrey killed a bug, and I buried it. This was two years ago. <laughs> that was a great callback. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, that was a good callback. What is this first clip that we are going to be seeing? It looks like a child shooting a gun. Are you shooting guns at this age, Rachel? No. Honestly, so I've had a lot happen in the last week and a half, and I don't even remember sending this one, and I think I found this one pretty late at night. So Sometimes what... I cry at night. So Sometimes I can't cry at night. It's, it's true. I couldn't. I was too depressed. <laughs> Container of sunshine. I was too depressed to cry. Um, Flames! Flaming. Flaming! Um, so what are we looking at? So this appears to... This that is, looks like your living room. Yeah, this is my childhood living room. You're raised in New Jersey. Yes. I have like a nice sunken, like, you know, I see like in the background, there's a, it looks like carpet. Yeah, so it's a you, split level house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the fireplace. No, the fireplace is downstairs. What is that in the back that looks like it will take you into another dimension? That is the split level. Are you talking about the staircase? I'm talking about this of which oh, is... Oh, oh, so yeah, so it's a split level house. So um, there's, for whatever reason, we didn't have a railing there until we were much older than we needed it. That's an open downstairs half a flight into another room, which okay. is where like the TV and our video games and stuff were. I see, I see, I see. And, and at that age, like we didn't have a railing up. And so we were just instructed don't get too close to the cliff. We called it the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. So, and somehow neither of us ever fell off of it. But I feel like if a child expert, yeah, if a child expert firefighter walked into our house at that point and saw that there were young children without a railing up, they would have been like, what are you yeah, doing? You're, you, there's there's much uh, uh, illegal. Uh, I don't know if they gets illegal, but it's just not up to it, code. It was certainly it's a, it was code, a hazard. Exactly. It was a hazard. Yeah. So yeah. You got a, a hazard within the house. You already yeah. have two children who are running about and then you've got a hazard. Yeah, that was a pretty major <laughs> hazard. <laughs> OK, so you don't remember what this is. And that's okay, because we're all going to go into this cold, and we're going to enjoy it. Okay. And here we go. 
thing on the camcorder says not it's a little after nine but it's really a little after 11. i know i no 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 bedtime no. 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 Last, last, Jeffrey. Uh, how many times do I have to say? No! Jeffrey. Oh, by the way. No. Jeffrey. What? Um, knock, knock. Who's there? Um, yeah. He's wrong. <laughs> no. 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 All right, no. Guys. no. What? Joke's over. Bedtime. No! 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 Catherine, you didn't want that to end. I also didn't want it to continue, but Alon really wanted it to end. Oh my god, I'm crying. Cinema. I am. I mean, that might have just been like the best clip we've had ever. In- what? No. Yes. <laughs> but also, yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I'm so upset about your brother ruining it's, your bit. It's the simplest. It's just like, oh, ma. It's just like there's no- something I love with with uh, sublime um, children, you know, getting ready for bed and just combating their dad, their parents with with laughter. Knock, knock. <laughs> yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Yes. No. 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 God damn. No. No. Do it right. No. I can't see. I shouldn't be doing them. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. No. Knock, knock. Who's there? Yes. No. Knock, knock. No. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? No. No. Knock, knock. No. No, just say it. Damn it. Knock, knock. No. Yes. No. No. (laughs) Just say it. Okay, okay. Settle down. Settle down, y'all. No. Settle down for a minute. I don't want to go to bed. I I don't think any of us ever wanted to go to bed. Knock, knock. (laughs) No. No. Knock, knock. Who's there? No. 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 No, who? No. 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 Okay. Knock, knock. Guys, (sighs) I hate to be the parent here. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll but, keep going. Well, we, we, I've, I've, I'm saying we really could. It, it, we could just continue. We'll be super like Warner Herzog with it and be like, no, no, no. Nine. Nine. No. 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 I mean, just keep, we can keep, we can keep going. Yes. Um, that was adorable. That was like legit. The reason I give it so much gravitas personally is that I sense that uh, it, it, it encapsulates just the perfect adorable uh, nature that we really strive for to find on this show. Aw. So uh, thank you. Um, that, that's you and your brother Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And, or does he go by Jeffrey still or is he Jeff? Okay. I'm the only person who calls him Jeffrey. Everybody else calls him Jeff. Okay. It's, I try, I've tried calling him Jeff like three times and it's just weird for both of us <laughs> so hello jeff no i'm not doing that how much older was he from you uh, than you again he's almost five years older okay so you were like oh, you look like maybe about three two maybe here and he's seven this is labeled 1991 to 1999, 1999 to 2001 so yeah you're probably right I, w- I was either three or four yeah you definitely had a really good relationship with him. You can, you can tell you guys are really close and you guys are pouring on looking at the dead set of the camera with the smiliest faces ever. At almost midnight. Exactly. Kids who just do not want to go to bed and your father is entertaining it so much. Yeah. There, there's multiple videos that I found where he tries to get us to calm down to go to bed, but like he's filming. So we're all <laughs> hamming. Yeah, but I mean, this was a daily struggle, like every single day. Every single day? Every single day, they struggled to get us to bed until we were old enough that they just decided, you know what, they're making their own bedtime. So weird. You know, I know that it doesn't really matter much, but uh, maybe was it, how much older, were your parents like significantly older as parents? Yes. They were. They had me when they were 37. Okay. Woof. Woof, you say. Yeah. yeah, so by the time I came around, they were already like well established in their careers and their lives. Yeah. I was born a few weeks after they bought that house. That was their house purchase. And they clearly still had some things to do, you know, to make sure that it was up to code. Yeah, well that didn't that <laughs> didn't come codes. about that railing didn't get there until I was like six or yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever think like they're trying to off their children? what what then suddenly it's safe now that the life insurance policy is exceeded expired whatever i know i know a scheme when i smell one well uh, i was a rule follower so all they really had to say to me was rachel get away from there and i would get away from there right yeah they tried and and like my brother was older enough when they moved in that i mean he needed more work a lot more work than me but he never fell. I was going to say that he uh, <laughs> was more of the troublemaker, or were you? Like, no, he was. I definitely. I never made any trouble unless he got me into it. Like if I saw him doing something that looked really fun, I would follow him and do it. But it was never my idea. See, that's the thing. Is like I led by example. I tended to try to be a pretty uh, good kid. My sister acted out all the time. And if I was ever in trouble, like it might have had to do something with uh, appeasing the fact that she was being a total troublemaker. And I was either trying to like protect her butt from getting in more trouble or I was uh, along for the ride as an accomplice. Yeah. If we went to a restaurant, like I would sit perfectly still and behave and not scream as, you know, a four year old. But if he got up and started running around and making noise, that's when I would get up and start running around. But if he wasn't there, 
I was perfectly behaved. In this second clip that you have uh, looks like more of the two of you interacting at home. Um, I, from everything it looks like in this particular image, uh, where your butt is uh, facing the camera and uh, Jeff is uh, or Jeffrey um, is blocking the face with a painting or something. This is like the image that we're looking at before the clip begins. Yes, it's a sand thing. So it's oh. filled with water and you turn it over and the sand falls and makes a design. That's always fun. Yeah. So that's one of those things. I was not, I don't, there might be a date stamp on this one, but I think I was not quite three in okay, this. Yeah. It's probably about the same age. It's the same video, just a different point in it. Yes. So I actually might have been closer to four. It's going to be the beginning of it is Jeffrey being really obnoxious, but I will argue not being bratty although it's going to seem like he was, and then me being too young to really get what's going on and then just going off with my imagination. Imagination. Imagining a brother who's not a brat. Imagination. Imagination. Come with me. <laughs> no glass elevator. <laughs> yes, glass elevator. No glass elevator. Chocolate river. Oompa Loompas. Willy Wonka. Grandpa Joe. No. 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 Okay, no, no, we're not, not, we're not getting we're not getting no, we're not getting into that. Knock, Next knock. clip. No, we're gonna, we're gonna listen to the clip. Why? You said you owe me a quarter. How do you figure? You said you owe me a quarter. Get out of here. You said you took one. Get out of town. You said you owe me a quarter. For what? Well, first of all, there's one in my pocket. Yeah. In your pocket. So how does that make me owe you a quarter? Well, that one was mine. You said you owe me a quarter. For what? For taking one for Rachel. And what did I do with it? You used it for gum at IHOP. Well, maybe I did, but wouldn't you like to buy your sister a gumball? You took it. You wanted to get it. Uh-huh. So, then you said you owe me a quarter. So, well, you, may you owe me a quarter! Well, you may be right, but that's a heck of a way to ask. You owe me a quarter. What, are you just going to give me an IOU and leave? I want one. I want one, too. You want one what, too? I want what Jeffrey wants. A quarter? Why? What are you going to do with a quarter? I'm going to do, do with it, play with it, and, and put it in my ball and, and, and roll it around. And, in your ball? Yep, and... And close it, roll it around, and, and make it bounce in, and and then and like <laughs> bounce, and like um, closing it like this, and then it will come out, and and it will go <laughs> like Jeffrey's head. You know, Rachel, I understood none of what you just said. So can I have one now? I understood most of it. I understood none of it. <laughs> Growing on my head? Huh? 
Maybe she'll have about five nickels instead. Well, I'm going to put it in here and, and, and close mm -hmm. it like this and, 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 and bounce them up what, around. Chicken? Two chicken to what? So can I have some now? Can I? You have to okay. give me a quarter anyway. So, so could you give me some now? Could you? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Where do we... Okay. Uh, Catherine. I have a lot of opinions about yeah. your father's parenting style. Uh, no, here's the why thing. Why don't you begin, Rachel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, the way that... Don't my... you want to buy your sister a gumball? No. That's not okay. But go on. Okay. Jeffrey getting like that, like escalating things, was purely his sense of humor. Like, if he was actually being a brat, like actually being angry... I know how he is, and he would have been completely different. I want one, too. Yes. <laughs> I want what Jeffrey wants. Yeah. That's fair. That, that's pretty typical sibling behavior. And that's why my dad was like treating it as ridiculous, because he knew it was just my brother being ridiculous. I just love the specificity. It was <laughs> so great. Jeff was like, you owe me a quarter because you gave... Uh, because You gave you got a quarter for gum for Rachel at IHOP. <laughs> I understood it. Yeah. There was obviously a machine. Yeah. The child has changed. The adult human probably only has cards. <laughs> and then and then I said that I also wanted a quarter. But you had already gotten one to get the gum, so you just wanted more. This bitch no. netted two quarters by the end of this. <laughs> I just wanted the quarter because Jeffrey wanted a quarter. Yeah. And then I needed to come up with a way like a good argument for why I wanted that quarter. And your thought was, I'm going to put gonna, it everywhere. I'll I'm put gonna, it in my ball and play with it. You're going to put it in your deflated beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of which, like, where would you even put it? Like, I would love to know how it would be possible to even, like, put feathers or something in a beach ball. Like, you I... can't fit anything in a goddamn beach ball except for, like. My beach feet. ball is deflated. I wanted. Much like I am. Sometimes at night I don't sleep. Thinking of the air lost in that beach ball. Ripped I from wanted the solar system. To, I wanted to put the quarter inside of the ball. I understand. <laughs> I, I understood that the air hole was not large enough to fit the quarter, but I wanted it to be true. Mm -hmm. So then I changed my argument to I will fold up the deflated beach ball so it can fit and then I, I wanted to like tape it or something i remember it happening if it pleases the court this is obviously a child that does not need an inflated ball to be entertained by sure and then and sure. then as a psychological experiment my dad is like would would you rather have five nickels instead oh because he he was in with reading all the child development books i think he should have went with dimes uh, I never really found nickels as appealing as quarters. Yeah, you want quarters. Well, because quarters weren't nearly as thick. You mean nickels? Quarters well, nickels? weren't nearly oh. were not nearly as thick. So you like nickels more than quarters? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying I found nickels to be less appealing personally. Because they were thick. Di dimes. Thick with two C's. 
dimes exactly <laughs> dimes for the same purpose though are much thinner currency than nickels. That's true. Quarters as well. Pennies and nickels are, in my opinion, not as appealing aesthetically. As dimes and quarters. I That's get it. That's correct. Because they're less dense. I get it. They don't rattle around as much. They feel a lot easier to carry. Though, in all fairness, the thickness of a nickel feels a, a lot thick, more distinct so that you know when you have a nickel in your nickel pocket versus that of a quarter and a dime in most cases. Of that of a quarter. Yes. If I were to slap someone with a bag of coin, it'd be that nickels. Coin would be the quarter. Yeah? Yeah. If but then I you're were, losing all those quarters just just hitting somebody over the face. It's a bag. If I were to <laughs> fit a coin into a beach ball, it would be a dime. It'd be a quarter. It'd be a quarter. Be quarter. I love how he was uh, Jeffrey, singing the Backstreet Boys. I know. Yeah. Callback. Yeah. Former past selves. Right. <laughs> it's a big deal. Book ending too. <laughs> yeah. You've done a, a marvelous job today, Rachel. Thank you. This was a, a fun, fun, fun uh, for everyone. I'm sorry that Will cannot be here to uh, embellish in the fun that we just had. Yeah, I miss Will. He'll be back next week. Good. And I, I hope that you will, the listener be back as well because uh, we do this every week here from the rec room as a way to uh, listen back to our past selves and uh, you know the rec room is also host to a lot of other shows as well as the teen squad so uh, you know if you're inspired by what you've been listening to and being like yeah I want to donate to Radio Free Brooklyn check out the Radio Free Brooklyn teen squad because it's an after school program where local teenagers learn media literacy through media making it using a hands on approach guided by local professionals uh, not including us <laughs> if you'd be interested in participating or donating to the Radio Free Brooklyn teen squad live go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash teen squad and of course remember that all your donations are tax deductible um, we did it this has been our uh, weekly episode of Lost and Rewound. Thanks again to Rachel Teichman Thank for you. contributing some delicious, delicious sounds from the past. Knock, knock. No. no. <laughs> Catherine Dunn holding it down here uh, as always. Thanks again, Kath. No. No. <laughs> I'm Alon Danziger. Thanks for joining us. Lost and Rewound will be back next week for a brand new, exciting, and very embarrassing edition. Take care of yourselves. No. No. Take care of yourself. I want a quarter. Get your own quarter. If Rachel has a quarter, I want a quarter. Lost and Wound Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. No. We are Chick-fil-A a quando nori porque de Melissa. Salí de coche y llame a una ambulancia. Puse mi mano sobre su pecho para ver si estaba viva. Todos mis vecinos salieron al ver. La ambulancia llegó pero era tarde. Rachel estaba muerta.